1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Rebuild Podcast. I am your host, as always, Jordan Zerm. You can find me on Twitter at Cleve Zerm. You can find the Rebuild Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Art19 is where we house it as well. So, plenty of options to go find the Rebuild. Please rate and subscribe if you have not done so already. To all of you that have, I very much appreciate it. It is draft week here at the Rebuild headquarters, which is just my bedroom. In Cleveland Heights. Um, but it's and it's weird because, as we've touched on before, the Browns do not have a first-round pick anymore after jettisoning it to the New York Giants for Odell Beckham Jr. So if you think about Odell Beckham Jr. as the Browns' first-round pick, then really the Browns have already won the draft, so that's not really important anymore. But so much of my life as a, as a Cleveland Browns fan and as somebody that is just a fan of the NFL has been around the draft and has been the anticipation for the draft and specifically the first round of the draft and specifically within that picks one through 10, because for most of my life, that is where the Cleveland Browns have been picking. And so it's become a social event where you invite your friends over, you get some beers and you get some, obviously you have to get some Cheetos, maybe some Flamin' Hots, maybe some cool Ranch Doritos, but really the key snacks put them out on a table and watch the Browns inevitably pick the wrong player or wrong players. But there was always this feeling of excitement. There was always this feeling of hope whenever the draft came around. So between the draft and training camp, I, we always would joke, my family, me and my dad, me and my brother, me and my friends, that that is the best time to be a Browns fan because the, the crushing dread of another lost season had not quite hit you yet. And so it is going to be a process to get used to this thing where the Browns are not picking in the top 10. The Browns don't have a first round pick, whatever it may be. Hopefully this is the start of things to come and this becomes a a normal occurrence where we don't look at the draft as the biggest event of the football season anymore. And, And that's a really strange thing. So today I have on Once again, for the second time joining this podcast, my very good friend Aaron Seacrest, better known as OK Pants, graphic designer in Cleveland, opened up a delicious pizza shop in Brunswick, which we talk a little bit about. So make sure you check out Ohio Pie Company if you haven't done so already out in Brunswick. Um, But, you know, so many people have done draft podcasts. We've gotten to know some of these prospects ad nauseum. Shameless plug. I interviewed Cleveland Farrell with Defensive lineman for Clemson who's going to get picked in probably the middle of the first round uh, for a story on Up today. so that is on that is pinned to my Twitter page. if you want to get to know Cleveland a little bit, I will have a piece on Alabama's Quin and Williams who could go depending on what Arizona does depending. Um, on on what some other teams do. Quinnen Williams, like the San Francisco 49ers, Quinnen Williams could be a top two pick, top three pick in the NFL draft. Um, so I spoke to him. I'll have a story on that coming out that I'm really excited about as well. So quick shameless plug. But we've talked about so many of these prospects over and over and over again. And there's multiple podcasts with guys breaking down the draft and breaking down prospects much better than I think I ever could, especially shout out to Jake Burns if you haven't checked out the Browns film Breakdown podcast underneath the Blue Wire umbrella. Go do that right now if you want to get hip to as many draft prospects and potential Brown selections as possible. But I thought it would be way more fun because that market is saturated. I thought it'd be more fun to reminisce about Brown's drafts past, And I don't mean doing that in a way where it's like, can you believe they took X player when they could have taken X player because that is an exercise that we do year after year and there's no use in in going back and, and doing that. But I do think it can be fun with the context of the Browns seemingly having righted the ship to go back and look at just the sights and sounds of some of the drafts that I remember going out for, that I remember being around friends, that I remember having reactions that I'm embarrassed by, uh, and just what was going on around it, and just having a fun conversation about that. Because I think this is going to be the last year where there's reason, there's going to be really any reason to sort of look back. Um, But I, I do think that it's fun this year to sort of look at the ridiculousness that is some of the Browns drafts, not only their picks, but just like the people and how we get swept up in certain players and the hype around players, even if you know deep down in your heart there is no way they were going to work out. And uh, I think Pants is the perfect person to do that with. So really happy to have Aaron Seacrest on to join me to do a little uh, a walk down memory lane. Towards the end of our conversation, we do look ahead to to uh, Thursday night and then Friday night uh, where the Browns will have their their first pick so uh, a lot to talk about we had some fun I hope this is a nice little break if you've been um, overwhelmed by NFL draft content because I know that as we get to the actual week of the draft that becomes a thing that yeah we know all the names we know all the players we know where they're probably going so uh, without further ado here's my conversation with Aaron thanks for tuning into the rebuild enjoy all right, I'm I'm welcoming in a it's a returning guest. It is OK Pants. It is Aaron Seacrest. You know him as the man uh, now slanging pizza for Ohio Pie Company, um, just throwing cookies at people uh, at Ohio Pie Company. If you have not been, get out to Brunswick. It is there. It is delicious. Aaron Seacrest, man, uh, thanks for you. I think you're one of the. O- you may be the only returning guest that I've had on this podcast, so um, thank you for, for being that person, and I think I, I'll send you a certificate in the mail very shortly.
0: Ah, well, Jordan, <laughs> only for you would I be a two-timer. I'm a, w- I'm a one and doneer. My Venmo demands are normally too high that only podcasts can have me on once, but for you, buddy... I crack open my final Zevia just for you for this thing.
1: See, I appreciate that, and yeah, I was in some pretty intense negotiations with your people, um, trying to get that price down. But uh, you know, you got to pay for premium talent, and um, look, I'm forty
0: nine dollars just... is forty nine dollars, Jordan. I... In this economy,
1: no, so it's. Listen, I'll, have, I'll have it to you next week. It'll it, maybe it won't clear, but it'll be in your account, so don't worry about it. It's tacky to discuss
0: to discuss money, but I got to You know, I, I'm only so young for so long. I got to get my retirement squared away here. So thank you. <laughs> <for> <laughs> it that.
1: is on the list of most expensive features. It is Quavo, and then it is you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's whew, tough, <laughs> ticket, tough, tough. Take it. Oh, man. Well, yeah, man. Appreciate you jumping back on. Had a lot of fun last time we did this. Um, and my idea for today was just sort of, you know, the I guess the NFL draft is this week. I think it's on thir- is the, Still is do the that? first round on Thursday. I don't know. Like, do you that's once you like Odell, does it, it still exists? <laughs> yeah, it's like the Pony Express. Once you have Otto Beckham Jr., do you need to have a draft? I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh. I mean that's cute. I remember it's like 56k dial-up modem. I suppose I remember when those happened. But uh, <laughs> yeah. good for your team, if you're if you need those things, I guess.
1: Yeah, I can't. I can't really relate. It's hard to relate for us as fans of the Browns to having oh. a, a first round draft pick. I don't know what that's like. You know, I don't know what the experience of being bad enough to have a first round draft pick is like. So uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. And I, I
0: just I just assumed every team went out and traded for future hall of famers entering their prime for like a seventh round pick. I just thought that's what every, every market was used to, but Hey, you know, it is what it is, I suppose. But that's, that's it. That's interesting. I'll, I'll, um, I'll have to check that out.
1: Yeah. I think I might tune in just to kind of see what these sort of like peasant teams are doing and how like, you know, the underworld is sort of operating while we're up here in our um, castle on top of the hill. But, um, there's been so many draft previews and, like, there's a billion people doing a billion podcasts on who their team's going to take in the NFL draft. And that 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 honestly doesn't interest me right now, Pants. What interests me, as we were joking, but thinking back to uh, some yeah, of just... To,
0: not to cut you off, I really couldn't tell you, like, who... Who and what is going on with this year's draft? But yes, go on. Sorry.
1: Maybe that would actually be the best way to preview this: is just have you give a preview knowing absolutely nothing about the NFL draft. I feel like that would go really well.
0: Um, I, I couldn't be the only guy to fucking put up a, a, a good good front about it, but yeah, I would love to talk about <laughs> <it. clears throat> Jerry um, Reckler from yes. uh, Jerry Reckler from Notre Dame South Euclid coming out. Um, strong. <laughs> he's um he's a real utility player um he's he's picked to go high maybe the eighth round i don't know
1: yeah been at notre dame college for seven years he's finally coming out um yeah i know he's your i know he's your guy so hopefully he goes pretty high in the draft but like (laughs) when i when i think about like draft experiences that i've had they're all um terrible and I mean they're fun in the moment and it's and it, but it's funny to look back on like my initial reactions and like places I was and how people around me were reacting to it and I have like a very few distinct Cleveland Browns drafts of the past that I have sort of vivid memories of because looking back on them now in the conste- uh, context of who they took are so ridiculous and uh, well, I'm I'm sure you do as well
0: yeah I mean given I don't want to go back to old Browns mentality but What other memories can you really have of the last 19 years of watching this team besides, you know, this was was our Super Bowl up until, you know, last year. And hopefully it won't be for some time, but that's all we have to hang our hats on.
1: It is. And I think it's fun, you know, to this year. It's so strange because, yeah, it's like usually the week of the draft, I am like, I'm locked in. I'm hype. I'm like calling friends and planning things. Like, let's get together. We have the first or through the fifth pick. So it's going to come on early. Like, so it's. <laughs> We're
0: picking like sixth in the first round, man. Like. Yeah.
1: So make sure you're here on time. And like, it is a weird experience to just not even. I mean, I'll watch, but like Thursday is just sort of one of those things. It was like the NBA draft when the Cavs were, you know, winning the championship and they didn't have a pick. It was just kind of like, well, whatever. I mean, I guess I'll tune in because I'm interested in some of the players and seeing where they go. But outside of that, I don't really care. So I think like as we move forward and as the Browns sort of become a team that we hopefully will no longer. You know, hopefully we don't have a high first-round pick for a very long time now, so this will become sort of a, a normalcy for us. I do think it is fun to kind of one last time sort of look back, but just not about like we don't need to bemoan like oh they took this guy over this guy like that. I don't want to do that because we've done that enough. But I do think it That's is an funny awesome
0: game to play, anyways. But yes,
1: <laughs> it is. It never ends. But I do think it would be fun just to sort of describe some of the places we watched some of these drafts at and and the reactions that we gave at the time and and anything that sort of sort of stands out to you. And I feel like the only place we can start, I mean, I worked, I had to work during the draft last year. I was at ESPN Cleveland. I was helping produce our draft show. So I didn't really even get the full experience of the Baker Mayfield. field. I didn't get to like take any of it in until way afterwards. Were you, did you go somewhere, uh, Aaron, for that draft? Where were you and, and what was like sort of the atmosphere in the spot that you were at? So uh,
0: my tradition sort of for the last four or five drafts, I believe, was to spend it watching it on a tube TV in the champagne room of a local gentleman, gentleman's club, No Names Please. <laughs> um, I swear to God they have like a 36-inch tube TV in in the champagne room and it kind of was just where we all gathered. But since the pick was so high – um i watched the the first pick at my friend's brewery that had just opened a month or two prior ish um and that was by that point it was pretty much leaked out that baker was getting picked so we you know we kind of still were on pins and needles you know it wasn't confirmed and then it was announced so um admittedly at the time i didn't know shit about baker i just knew he was you know, quote unquote undersized, and I was kind of shocked. And then so from there, we had the first and fourth overall pick, correct? Correct. So uh, it was close enough to the gentleman's club that I normally watch the draft at. I watched (laughs) the first pick, got in my car, ripped it down to the area of town. My other go-to was in time to see i think the third pick and then the fourth, the browns pick uh, denzel fourth and um it just felt like shades of i feel embarrassed to say this at the time and now but this is the truth it just felt like shades of um justin gilbert and johnny manzel in that uh, other first round and um that was that was the same year right
1: uh yeah that was he had that we will get to that for sure but yes that was uh that was the same year so un- unfortunately my,
0: my feelings were like i don't know i go i know dorsey is a credible foo- football guy for once but it just was you know it, it just was the, that the same old feeling where i'm like i let's just uh hitch our wagon in this and see where it goes and where it probably i you know where it probably goes is it puts us back high first round the following year that's just the, what i was feeling but yeah I was able to watch the first two picks we made from two completely different places.
1: That's um that's pretty amazing. So you were just a, you were a man. You were a true. You were truly in these streets, as the as the kids I was, say.
0: I was quote unquote out here. Sure.
1: <laughs> um, well, yeah. Yeah, fo- yeah. Follow up important question for that: yeah. Would you have um, felt better about the Baker Mayfield pick if he had the type of beard that he currently has now? Because I think he was clean shaven before the draft. Uh
0: the thing about Baker was this, without knowing anything about him, is he literally looked to me like a bartender from like an eighties movie, <laughs> which was like a con man. And he somehow like conned his way into playing football for like the local down and out football team and then like uh you know like sort of just like goofed his way into being like the winningest quarterback in the league. He just had a real freewheeling type of vibe about him. So I I like him without the beard. I know he's got a beard and he appears to be the second coming of Brett Favre, so he can grow a goatee that's braided for all
1: I care. Yeah, uh, that's what I want for year 2 actually. So Yeah,
0: yeah. That's, I want sideburns and a goatee for 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 year 2, but uh I
1: I say beards. Beard, we're done with beards. I think we're moving on this wow. culture
0: without beards.
1: Wow, I, and, uh, an, an important shift in the culture. Uh, Pants says we're, we're we've moved on from beards. So every I would like everyone to please take note of that moving forward. I
0: uh, shaved his off. You saw what was under there. So you guys should uh, all out there in Brook Park and whatnot just follow <laughs> suit and do the same thing. I'm sure you look just like him. Um, I I think no, like, I, I I I admittedly full heart wholeheartedly for knowing didn't know shit about him was not as high on him as, as we all are now, obviously and I don't feel great about that, but that's the truth.
1: Yeah. But I, but I don't think a lot of people were like, I don't think anybody knew until he started playing. I think there were obviously people that were higher on him than other quarterbacks or had him at the top of their draft board, but that didn't mean that they thought he was going to be um, what he was. I think Baker Mayfield looks like um, like before I really, cause he, you know, before we sort of got to know more of his personality, just like, you know, seeing him in the media all the time and um, him being around Cleveland and all of that, like, he sort of, (laughs) to me, he sort of looked like the guy that um, if you were in college and you you went over to a friend's house and it was like six and you you just wanted to kind of hang before going out somewhere, he was the dude that, like, came down the stairs in a tank top and a backwards hat and was like, Pong, right now.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm... I'm old as shit, but yes, I could, I could definitely relate to that. And it, you're it, like
1: Baker. I just want to. Can we relax? Can we just sit and have a beer before we go out? And he's like, No, man. I got to get you back. I got to get revenge for last week. You know, like it's just. Like, I like. Relax. I just
0: kind of like from day one, there was a different vibe about him. I'm not saying I pegged him to be great. I just, you know, I you see all these athletes, and they all kind of just look like the same kind of guy. Like they just look very anonymous. They look very player one or two ish and Baker for some reason just had this real freewheeling, you know, he could have been like an animal house or pick any eighties, you know, college comedy. And I just, there was something that just, I go, this guy has like that it factor that I never saw in Johnny Manziel from a charisma standpoint.
1: Yes. He has, he certainly has the fabled it. Um, and it's fun to see him, like, not back down off of that. And, I, you know, I I think we, maybe we talked about this before, but, you know, there were people that were like, I wish I wish he would have just, like, let the Hugh Jackson thing go after a couple weeks. I'm like, yeah, but, like, that's not who he, that's, <laughs> this is exactly who this dude is. And I respect that he is, like, just staying true to himself. It may have been over the top, but that's who this dude is going to be. So well, I'm, I'm excited for year two.
0: I know people poo-poo the comparisons with Baker and Johnny Manziel, and they don't exist except for this point they both didn't change who they were in their first season to drastically different. (laughs) results. Yes. So like a good point. Like, so like if Baker keeps throwing 30 for third for 35 a week, averaging 400 yards, by all means, motherfuck every dude in the world. That's not on the Brown sideline. I love that shit. Like talk your shit do everything, you know, because he is the first quarterback we've seen in over 25 years to be doing what he's doing. So, but you know, don't, don't break what ain't, don't fix what ain't broken, you know?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And I don't think he's I uh, I don't think he's going to change at all. And I'm excited for like a good, a, a Browns team that is good and led by a dude. That's a little cocky. Like I'm here for it. Um, he's the
0: only guy, listen, he is, The only way this ship would have gotten righted is to draft a guy that is this—I don't even call it cocky, just this much of a leader, this much of just a dog. You know, it wasn't going to come from some guy that just, you know, gives canned speeches about playing within himself and just trying to win over the locker room. That ain't never going to happen.
1: No, no, it's not. Um, And he is uh, even in the press conference with like Odell Beckham Jr. Like he was just. He's younger than all those guys up there, but he is—I um, guess aside from Miles Garrett, who was up there in the podium. But yeah, he's—he's he's just a dude that's going to take charge of like any room that he's in. And um,
0: well, you look at him like a kid. You don't look at him like the new—the new guy in the room. I mean, you look at him like the quarterback of this team. Yep. That's what you. do.
1: And that's uh, that's extremely important. Now, so, so we've we've mentioned Johnny Menzel's name a couple of times, and that, so I'll just move to that draft. I believe that was 2014. Because yep. that draft sticks out in my mind just because of like where I was and what was going on. So, I was at Map Room in downtown Cleveland, which is a bit you know, a fun spot to watch the draft at. They, you know, they have stuff going on downstairs. They have a lot of TVs, a projector screen, food's pretty good. So I was there and. Um, the things I remember from that night are when the Browns traded out of their initial pick to move back to eight to draft the dude i didn't I had not heard of like I did not know who Justin Gilbert was. I have no shame saying that, and apparently the Browns didn't really either. like there was rumors that they didn't even meet with him in the pre draft process, so that was whatever. I'm like, oh cornerback, I guess, okay, cool. um and I remember. Like, they traded back again, and I remember just getting so wrapped up in... And the whole bar getting so wrapped up in, like, oh, man, this team... That needed a quarterback didn't take Johnny Manziel. Uh, this team ahead of the Browns that needed a quarterback didn't take Johnny Manziel, and you're just sitting there and you're just like, take them, just take them. And I, it just became like a mob mentality. Like I feel like I just turned into like this animalistic, just like take him. You know, like after like every oh, no, draft pick,
0: there was certain speaking in tongues for sure by about midway through the first round for 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 where we where I was too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, um, I remember just like losing my mind when they took him, not even at that point, because I thought it was a good pick just because like it happened and everybody there was so like the anticipation of it happening was so strong. And then I went outside and this is true. A true story. Joe Hayden had parked his orange Lamborghini on the <laughs> side of the street outside of map room And he was just like dapping up police officers and like celebrating with fans. And I was like, this is the peak of my existence. So um, that is what I remember about the 2014 Draft Pants. Where were you?
0: (coughs) I was um, parked in front of that fabled tube TV I alluded to. (laughs) You were there. Love it. Oh yeah, Uh, because again, it was our Super Bowl. We did we have two picks in the first round, but we traded back into the first round to get Manziel, right?
1: Um, I believe we did, and I'll double check that. But um, they may have had they may have had two picks, but I know that they traded back multiple times. Once to go. No, we were supposed to pick at
0: four, right?
1: I believe hold on I'm looking this up right now. That was now.
0: like Ray Farmer. Ray Farmer did his own draft Kevin Cosner cosplay in that first round.
1: <laughs> yes. That was, he the was draft. bouncing all
0: over the place that year. Right.
1: Yeah. That was the draft that, um, when that story came out about Jimmy Haslam, where he just like had no control. It was his first draft and he just like had no, uh, um... the
0: homeless guy told him to pick Manziel, right? Like yes. that was, that was the story they're wrote. They're still roll with to this day. Uh So yeah. So
1: the, so the Browns had the number four pick and they traded it to Buffalo. Um, and they got Sammy Watkins, right? That is correct. Wow, how do I know that? I don't know. So this is so wild. So the Browns traded their fourth overall pick to Buffalo for Buffalo's ninth overall pick. And then the Browns traded up one to move to eight to select a dude that they didn't even really know who he was. That is just a – that's fantastic. And then, and then yes, you're – so I, th- I think you're right. Oh, man, there were so many – there are so many trades in this draft. Um, I don't even have Google
0: open, and I'm in front of my laptop right now. But I'm not. I'm I, just trying to wing this as best yeah, I can. Wing
1: it. So it looks like okay. So then the Browns, the Browns moved another pick. Then somehow got back up to. This, I'm just very confused. I just they, they got back into the first round. Um, this page I'm looking at doesn't make this second trade very clear. Uh, but they got back into the first round, and then they took Johnny Manziel in the 20s. Um, Did
0: they trade with like the Titans or something to get that 22nd pick, or, or the Cowboys?
1: Yeah, so uh, Philly traded the number 22 pick to Cleveland in exchange for a first-round selection, 26, which Cleveland had previously acquired from Indianapolis in the Trent Richardson trade. Right. So
0: in the Johnny Manziel.
1: Yeah. Which then turned into Johnny Manziel.
0: Oh my Lord. That is hilarious. So um,
1: anyway, maybe the most damaging draft in Cleveland Browns history, 2014,
0: which is that in of itself is phenomenal. It is. You could literally argue there's at least five or six other drafts where you could argue were the worst trades drafts in the history of pro football. But that one stands alone because Manziel wasn't even the biggest washout that we picked that year.
1: Yeah, I don't think we talk about Justin Gilbert's downfall enough. (laughs) No, he he couldn't benefit enough
0: from being in the same draft as Johnny Manziel because you can't blame, in the words of Scott Rapp, these players don't draft themselves. Uh, You can't blame that guy. Um, He got a sweet deal for a team he didn't even so much as have a cup of coffee with. Um, And then he just just completely washed up. And then Manziel, he just was a victim of just a terrible non-existent culture in Cleveland. And like Baker, he didn't want to change and he wasn't going to change. And, well, that story we, we've we seen written and tweeted and Instagrammed over and over again with him. But, uh, yeah, I just remember, I think maybe the Browns just knew that, like, listen, we're going to probably just go 2-14 and 14 again this year just... Trade up around like seven times and give the fans something to go nuts about in in April, I guess.
1: Yeah, I like the I like this idea too because the last time we podcasted it was to to break down that that big brown story and that was part of it where it was like I just like to imagine Ray Farmer, like. All these notes, all these like analytical studies, all this stuff set out in the front on table and in, on a table in front of him. And Jimmy Haslam just walks in, like, "Hey, man, we're drafting Johnny Manziel right now." And he's just like, "What do you What do you mean?" And he's just like, put in the call. <laughs> and then, then a homeless guy outside told me, so we got to do it. Yeah,
0: if you remember, too, I think Farmer basically damn doomed his own career with the Browns because he said he was given the first pick to Petton that Petton wanted um, Justin Gilbert. Yep. So then basically as the GM in his first draft, he basically absolved himself of any responsibility of anything, which is the single worst possible thing you could do if you try to be an acquirer of talent for a professional sports team. So, you know, he passed, he passed the buck to Petton for Gilbert and then basically let haslam run him over in the draft room to pick manzel which makes you wonder if he had a plan at all to begin with
1: uh the answer to that one is probably no um (laughs) (laughs) all right i want to take a break from my conversation with aaron to talk to you about one of our sponsors and that is ethos life insurance life can be stressful but getting life insurance should not be that is why there's ethos Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there's no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, and there's no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day. I have sometimes two cups of coffee a day, as I know many of you do as well, so it's a great deal with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress, but getting life insurance should not be the cause of it. So discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos, get your free instant quote, and submit your complete application in just minutes. To do so, just go to GetEthos.com, that's E-T-H-O-S, GetEthos.com, once again, that's GetEthos.com. All right, let's jump back into my conversation with Aaron. I I also I was just thinking about I have like random memories of a lot of different, um, a lot of different drafts. Like I remember when the Browns took Brandon Whedon, um, another just stunning draft pick taking a also man-
0: the twenty second
1: overall pick. Yeah, 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 not a good. Maybe they should never pick at twenty two again. Um, no, but like only the Browns would take someone who had just been like admitted to like a senior care housing facility. They would take him at, at number 22. Um, and I, rem- I remember, I remember like a
0: guy that like he was in the minor league baseball system, right? <laughs> yes. like he got tired of riding around in a bus. So then he's like, I'll guess I'll try this football shit out.
1: 2012, uh, 22nd overall pick. The crazy thing was, um, the Browns, just brought on this offensive assistant named ted munkin who was with tampa bay and when Mm -hmm. i was when i was doing research about todd because i didn't i didn't know anything about him um he was brandon whedon's offensive coordinator at oklahoma state when brandon whedon was in college and essentially he got Brandon whedon drafted because the system that he ran there brandon whedon threw for like four thousand yards on like 40 plus touchdowns and it's just like the stats are absurd And then you realize that, like, all he did was just, like, throw the ball deep to Justin Blackman and had a lot of really easy and open throws. But I remember I was also at Map Room because I I went to um, multiple—if you guys guys follow uh, Cleveland Frowns on Twitter, he used to have these draft parties in the basement of Map Room. And so I went, and a person we both know, Vince from from Cleveland Scene, the editor of Cleveland Scene, like— he got a text, like, right, like, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds before the Browns took Brandon Whedon. And I remember him just, like, looking up from his phone and just going, oh, they're going to they're gonna draft Brandon Whedon. And he just, <laughs> like, and then he just, like, walked away. And I remember being like, what? And then the pick came in, and that is what I remember from that draft, is just Vince just so being so disappointed. Like sometimes as a reporter you get you know, you get something like that and you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna break this and he just was so sad. Like he just couldn't do anything. He's <laughs>
0: too sad. he was too sad to to, to break a story. <laughs>
1: he was way too sad. What do you do you remember anything about like the Brandon Whedon draft? Do you remember anything about like did you know anything about Brandon Whedon before he got drafted? No. No. <laughs> I don't even like did we pick – that was our only pick in the first round that year? Let's see, the 2012. I feel like they took – I feel like there's somebody else who they took. Um... Uh, let me
0: see. I got Wikipedia open now. Yeah, Wikipedia oh, yeah. Up. Trent Richardson, third overall. Yes,
1: there we go. The Trent and Brandon so ushering like, in a new era. Yeah, I was like, okay,
0: like that sounds cool. If you're going to pick a running back that high, he's probably some kind of stud. And then I think Brandon Whedon I just was like, uh, what? <laughs> um he's tall uh okay uh, i'm sure uh, you know at that point he was like what our 20th or 21st
1: quarterback yeah like 300th it's hard to keep count
0: yeah i mean at that point we've been a franchise in the nfl again for third was our 13th season so yeah we're probably on our 17th or 18th starting quarterback and i'm just like my buddy uh put this best uh, about Browns quarterbacks he's like he's like you can complain about like the guy that they they cast as Wolverine in the Marvel movies but you just got to get behind him at some point it's like <laughs> what do, you, what do you know it's like just this is your guy now and I was like so that's kind of the attitude I've just had I, I was like this again because I don't know shit about the finer points of football so I'm like I assume the people getting paid millions of dollars to pick these guys up do and um, they don't well they didn't um, because well, we well, Brandon's not with us anymore.
1: So. He he he's passed on to a better place. How old do you think, without looking? How old do you think Brandon Whedon is right now?
0: I'll say he's younger than me by not a lot. I'll say he's thirty three.
1: He is thirty five years old. <laughs> and the browns the browns what? only took him seven years ago so he, he was well, he was a, he was 28 years old when the browns drafted him i know he was like an older guy for like a rookie but um, bro he was born in
0: 1983 man that's that's cool like i'm in the middle of my career but i'm not a professional athlete i'm just a fucking <laughs> freelance artist you know um, 35, unless you're like Tom Brady, that's old.
1: That is, that's old, and um, I think, I don't know if he's, you know, he was a backup in Houston last year, I don't know if Houston retained him or not, but my man is, my man has finessed the game pretty well uh, yeah, up like, to you this point.
0: I can't be mad at, at how he worked that, because I'm never, you know, I'm not claiming he's soft by any means, but like... He seemed like a guy that was real stoked to just put the visor on and hold the clipboard and get that pension, you know, when he got into like his fourth season or whatever with if he was even still with the Browns. But um, yeah, man, good, good work if you can get it.
1: Yeah, like good for you. We should be celebrating Brandon Whedon. I don't have a Brandon Whedon day.
0: I'm not even trying to shit on him. Like, look, that's a level of toughness. The you know the dude that pulls Sean McVay away from the sidelines is ten thousand <laughs> times tougher than I'll ever be. Hundred percent. Like that's just a level of of toughness I would n- I'll never know to work play in the NFL. So but it's also like Brandon's like can I like he just seemed like a guy that would have been happy to be like the kicker or something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, he was the, very like he just sort of blended in. If he didn't have red hair like you would have never known he would have never stood out but i will say this brandon as of as of right now has thrown one more touchdown than interceptions in his nfl career and that is something that i would tell my grandchildren about i wouldn't tell them anything else but that's that's the one thing i would tell them
0: like i said man um i don't get a pension to draw pictures so uh god bless him man god, and, god and bless just, you brandon we, we didn't
1: get to, and then
0: every once in a while when he does get called into the game it's great fun to watch him have to fucking uh scamp around the field and put the helmet on and like oh fuck
1: <laughs> I'd be like oh, today's the day huh all right yes all right um, got one more in me um but yeah then um yeah god man
0: this is This is never not wild to look at the list of people we have drafted. Sorry, go on. No,
1: it's always wild. And it's wilder to like the ones that stand out to me. Another one that sort of stood out to me was like, I remember when they took the Barkevius Mingo draft, which is just, shout out another dude who is still in the NFL, currently playing for the Seattle Seahawks. Barkevius Mingo is still out here doing his thing, even though he literally came into the NFL weighing um, 30 pounds. And he just, <laughs> he made it, he made it work. And I remember that draft, one, because Barkevius Mingo is a top top 10 football name.
0: That is a Key and peel East versus West Bowl name. It all is. Name.
1: That has to be where they got their uh, idea for that. Sketch for. Um 2013 draft, Barkevius Mingo was taken 6th overall by the Cleveland Browns. Um and just really like all the th- I just remember all the things that people said about him like he's not strong enough and he's probably not going to be fast enough uh, in the NFL to get around people like all of that stuff just absolutely came true. Um But that draft was just garbage in general, so I don't actually feel that like the top ten of that draft is really, really bad. So I don't actually even feel that bad about the pick. I just remember being like, okay, they took like not having an opinion, just being like, was there a.
0: Back available that was supposed to be like a one or first or second overall pick in that draft.
1: Let's see. So no quarterback was taken in that draft until E.J. Manuel was taken 16th overall by the Buffalo Bills. E.J. Manuel is uh, very bad. Um... <laughs> And then uh, there's probably some quarterback that got taken late that turned out to be really good. Let's see if I can. Uh, That's the Manti Teow and his invisible girlfriend were taken in that draft. Now, this is all bad. Geno Smith was a quarterback taken in that draft. He turned out to be garbage.
0: Yeah, I think that was a draft that was Banner's first draft, wasn't it? Was that his own draft?
1: I believe so. Le'Veon Bell was taken in the second round, pick 48. And that's maybe the the biggest standout. Uh, Travis Kelsey was taken in that draft in the third round at number 63. So, um, see what's good. What's <laughs> good. Yeah. What's good. Um, so yeah, so there was really nobody in that draft, but I, yeah, I, I just very distinctly remember being like, well, okay. Parquevious Mingo. I don't, that's it. No, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's bad. I don't know anything about it.
0: No, I, I, I fell back onto my decades of football experience expertise and brilliance and i said that's easily the coolest name in this draft so why not and then i was watching that draft at the rivergate tavern uh in the flats and i was watching it with my buddy oliver barrett and i've seen i've seen my friend oliver can get very spirited watching sports but football in, in specific and his eyes were the his eyes turned like a shade of red i've never seen and there was just a fury that filled him that i hadn't seen <laughs> our 20 years of friendship and then he knows more about the finer points of football than me and i go oh, i guess that's bad
1: <laughs> it's like oh wait is this i thought it was good are you saying that it's bad um well, had like six picks in that draft
0: if i remember correctly and to start with that it just yeah. was not a problem that was not a fun draft
1: No, that, Barkevious Mingo is the equivalent of, this is also something that's happened to me in my life, pulling up to Taco Bell um, and them saying, hey man, what's up? We're uh, we're out of beef for the next like half hour and all we have is chicken.
0: Yeah, you just gotta make the most of
1: it, You do, it's like, all right, I mean, I'm not gonna wait a half hour, so like, give me the chicken and then you take a bite out of it and you're just like, this is so disappointing. This is not what I wanted out of this night. Here's
0: the other thing, like, Kiki... Mingo is up there with, like, Tim Couch and, like, Kellen Winslow of, like, guys we've drafted that I feel like if they got drafted into a more stable organization would have been, like, at worst pro bowlers, you know?
1: Yeah, not taking sixth overall and not having those expectations on you for a dude who clearly, like, was not deserving of those expectations. Yeah, you can be—your selection in the draft— when bad teams who have dumb people making decisions take you way higher than you should have gone like you never escape you'll never escape that that sort of that reputation where you got well, taken. about
0: the expectations just when you don't have any structure and you have no culture or organization you're draft into drafted into how can you ever be developed into anything you know?
1: Yeah. No, it's true and I don't know what it says about the NFL either whether this is a good or bad thing but it, it's truly incredible to look around the league and look at dudes who came from the Browns that are like just still out there doing their like Colt McCoy is still out there in Washington. He started for a couple games last year before he got hurt. Um, even Brady Brady Quinn's obviously no longer in the league. He's doing analysis, but Brady Quinn. Was out here. He played for the Chiefs for a little... Like, he started half a season for the Chiefs. Like, he's still doing his thing. Kevin Hogan, Cody Kessler, they're still out here. Like, there are so many Browns bad draft picks or just guys they took way too high. Cody Kessler. Cody. Cody, pro football focus, Hall of Famer Kessler is still out (laughs) throwing passes. trust, trust Hugh Kessler. The best... One of the best stories from the Tomahawk podcast is when Andrew Hawkins was telling a story about somebody got hurt, like RG three got hurt, or I forget who was ahead of Cody Kessler and the coach was like, Cody, you're up. And Andrew said he looked in Cody's eyes and it looked like Cody just wanted to like bury himself alive. <laughs> like he was like, Oh, oh you want me to well, play right now?
0: I mean, like I really firmly believe starting with Tim couch, there's three or four guys, quarterbacks we've drafted in, in, the last 20 years, that if they got drafted into stable franchises and, and franchises that didn't switch GMs and coaches every two years, would have developed into into starters or even stars in the league. You, you can't tell me Tim Couch wouldn't have. You know, Tim Couch was just a victim of of being drafted into the Browns in 1999. I really think that guy could have been somebody.
1: I a 30 for 30 on Tim Couch's career if you could get him and some former coaches to speak like open and honestly about that 1999 season and even the the couple years after I think would be like one of the most fascinating things to watch because I think, I think you're right about Tim couch. And I think
0: the person didn't get a
1: fair shake at all. No. And I think the perspective about him has changed since um, I think early on, you know, after it sort of fizzled out, people didn't want to give him the benefit of the doubt here. And they were just kind of like, Tim couch sucks. He's a bust." And then I think it's like, we've gotten further removed and looked at like, yep the staff around him and just the circumstances around it and Butch Davis deciding to flip a coin to decide whether he wanted to start Kelly Holcomb or Tim couch. Like, it's just, it was a mess. Yeah. Um, and I think because you're right. Yeah. It's like,
0: not, I mean, and we do this all the time. Sports fans do this all the time where we're victims of the moment where you just, you know, you want to point fingers and blame somebody for why shit's terrible. And Tim, you know, I could count, on more than one hand, the time of, I remember seeing Browns quarterbacks give interviews after the game, you know, just broken emotionally, saying I'm treating every home game as an away game from now on and stuff, and it's like super sad shit, man. Like it, it, like the the amount of guys that just got eaten up and spat out for for very poor reasons in 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 the history of this franchise since '99, man.
1: Yeah, it's, um, they broke a lot of people and it is, we finally reached a place where hopefully nobody's going to get broken anymore. Everybody's going to have a really good, uh, uh, quality of life aside from, you know, I guess playing football brings that down a little bit, but just in general, a better quality of life than what it used to be with the Cleveland Browns. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's true. It's, it's, it's exciting to think about, um, that we could, you know, I'll be watching Avengers Endgame while the the draft's going on Thursday night. Like, I'm going to miss... Well, maybe I feel like I might miss Dorsey wild out and trade back into the first round just because this offseason has been, like, the craziest the craziest sequence of events dream events that have, I can remember as a Browns fan.
1: Yeah. I think John Dorsey's got a heat check in him, you know, like he's about to pull up. (laughs) He's he's about to pull up from half court like that and and like trade way into the first round. Like I wouldn't even like if he did that and wasted a bunch of assets and, and picked a guy that doesn't pan out. I don't even know if I'd be mad because like, look, man, I get it. That's your heat check. I understand what you were doing.
0: Yeah. I I just think like at this point, who's going to question him if he does do that. Um, and also it's like I think ninety two three reported today that the Browns requested to the league that they wear get to wear their color rush at home every game this year. So I'm just like it just it's like this this is too lit to not pull a wild move on draft night just to get keep the fans heated.
1: I know. And that's such a it's just it's a small thing, but it just points to just sort of like people that are just finally in tune with like, not even what the fans want. I, I, although I think like when you're talking about like aesthetics and stuff like that, you can take into consideration like fans opinions and stuff. I think that's fine. But just like being like, Hey, these jerseys are kind of fire. We should wear them more than a couple times a year. Like it's just I little things like them, that. That it, would never happen.
0: It might be as simple also as like Odell walked in and it was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. like he just looked at the current homes joints. He's like, yeah, I'm not wearing these men. Like,
1: like I, like, I will not play for you if you don't let me win. we just
0: like, should we wear the color rush at least like half the time, please?
1: Yeah, Odell, Odell really took the um, the style and fashion level of that locker room to a to an entirely another level. Like I'm not sure uh, some of the players are are fully ready for some of the pregame fits that he's gonna be that he's gonna be bringing out, and I'm excited for it. Um, so the Browns have as just a a quick refresher before we get out of here. So no first round pick, but, you know, your first round pick is Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, They have one pick in the second round, number 49. They have one pick in the third round, number 80. And then they have one in the fourth. Um, The fifth round, they have two. So they have two fifth round picks. One from the Jaguars for Carlos Hyde, which was an incredible trade. Um, And then uh, number 100. Oh, I'm sorry. They have three in the fifth round. They have their own. They have the Jaguars and the Patriots.
0: We don't really believe they're gonna stay there, do
1: we? No, not with th- not with three picks. Yeah, so I would be surprised um, if they didn't later in the draft move up a little bit, um, and then they have one in the sixth. And one in the seventh so you know although they don't have a first rounder they still are, are sort of stacked in the back end and you can still you know you're still finding really good players in the in the third and fourth rounds and so if they're if they use some of that ammunition and move back up which i imagine they're considering um it could still be a really fun night it's just going to be very weird on thursday to like go through 32 picks and the browns aren't going to be one of them unless something like you said unless john dorsey decides to pull, to pull up early in the shot clock so we'll see what happens there
0: I I mean, like, um, you never know. I mean, the the draft is – like the NFL has done a good job of making the draft as sort of dramatic as it could be, I feel like. Yes. Uh, You know, especially the weeks leading up. So, I mean, the Browns aren't dying to hit a home run with, like, a high-level first-round pick. You know, if they have to stand pat, you could rest assured they'll find someone that's probably going to start this season and be, like, immediately productive. You know, that's the, the faith at least I have in Dorsey to do that.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. So, I don't know. It's just going to be a really interesting experience. And um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little more relaxing, too, just knowing that, like, if they whiff on a player in the fourth round, it's not going to have the <laughs> same the same damaging effects that it would have in years past when they whiffed on guys in the first round. Like, that's a really... Point. Yeah, go ahead. Who, who
0: thinks Dorsey's gonna whiff on those mid-round picks though
1: I know well you know until he actually does it which he really hasn't uh, um you know I think the the biggest thing we'll be able to point to is like if Austin Corbett doesn't pan out replacing Kevin Zeitler but like other than that we don't really have anything to go on that that says that John Dorsey is gonna screw up a big pick
0: that's a big if too but that's also literally the only if you know this 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 traditionally year in year out, you know, anytime you hear anybody talk about the draft and like analysts and media people, they just go, "This team has a lot of question marks." And now this year, it's like, "What's Odell going to wear for the third home
1: game of this season?" <laughs> you know,
0: it's 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 just insane how the whole narrative is flipped on this team. So, I mean, I don't know. It's I'm more than happy. I mean. No Browns fan has any right to complain about not having shit to do Thursday night in an offseason that netted you a top five running back and a top five receiver on top of what you already have.
1: Yeah, like go be with your family or, or go to a gentleman's <laughs> club just to be at the gentleman's club. Do your, th- you know, do what you got to do. Are you pants? Will you just be in the gentleman's club because of tradition? Um, well, I'll be I'll be watching Avengers Endgame. Oh, that's that's kind of like being in a gentleman's club.
0: Yes, um, it's gonna be like in my therapist's office because I'll probably be crying a lot.
1: Yeah, but, uh, you might have to take a, a mental health day.
0: Yeah, it's just like this weekend between this, the draft, and Game of Thrones is just my nerdy dork ass heart can't take any more than what's coming. But you never know. I might have to just stop by the gentleman's club, make sure everything's going good, and the White Claws are still. <laughs>
1: yeah, you just got you gotta pay your respects. Make sure everything's. That's you know. really.
0: I call. I call the gentlemen's club. I frequent my safe space.
1: Yeah. So
0: it's like cheers, and I'm Norm, basically there. So.
1: Yeah. Once you once that door closes behind you, you're no one can get you. You're in there. You're safe.
0: Well, a lot of people can get me. But <laughs> I have clear heels on and. Luckily luckily for me, I I never have more than $62 to my name, so there's really so much that can be gotten.
1: (laughs) The benefit of being broke is all you get to do is touch a thigh, and then you're out of there. That's it. That's what your budget is. No (laughs) touching. No touching. No, I'm sorry. No touching. It's against the (laughs) rules. Well, uh, Pants, thank you again for joining me. Thank you for reminiscing with me about um, the horror-filled drafts of the past. And uh, as we look forward... It's a it's an it truly is a new day, uh, because for most of my the thing that I associate most in terms of like excitement and fun has always been the draft. No matter who they've taken, it's just been like a I just it's fun to like have that new hope every year, and it's um it's going to be you're something different.
0: Yeah, you're going to have to introduce you to a little something called the actual game. You're going to have to learn to deal with.
1: <laughs> I know. Actual, you know? Uh, I don't know if I'm re- I still don't know well, if my body's ready for it.
0: No, my body, mind, and soul are not ready for it. But you know what? I've been dead inside for too long, and I'm ready to feel again, baby. <laughs> yeah, thanks, uh, for my, let, thanks for letting my dumbass on the air that has no reason to be talking about football on any airwaves. But thank you for letting me try, buddy.
1: Pants, you are the most qualified to talk football. So, um, everybody, get out to Ohio City Pie. Um, Ohio or, Pie. Excuse Go. me, Ohio Pie Company. I don't know why I always say Ohio, <laughs> Ohio City, City Pie. You got Get a little longer ways to go there. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. Ohio Pie Co. They have great pizza. They have great cookies. Uh, so check out pants over there. Check them out on Twitter at OK Pants for all the fiery takes one can handle. And uh yeah, we'll see if you. We'll see if we make it out of this weekend alive between um, Game of Thrones and, and Avengers Endgame. There might be too many tragic deaths for me to like continue on in this world.
0: Yeah, we'll well we'll we'll get through it together. And if we don't, it'll be a funny ass funeral.
1: <laughs> how'd they die like uh oh, they uh they couldn't they couldn't go on after watching two uh, Something fictional about things. Yeah, somebody snapped and then i don't know
0: Someone, i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah but it's always fun man i'm happy to
0: come on anytime
1: all right man we'll have you on again
0: thank you